Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores, the stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty on demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Uh, final hour of the week. 14 hours up. 15th hour underway now. We appreciate all of you who have spent your time hanging out with us all week. We hope you're all going to have fabulous weekends. And we're going to try to have a fun hour here to send you into the weekend. Uh, and we'll be back, obviously, with you on Monday. But if you missed any of the show... Uh, or any shows this week, or maybe you're going to be out and about traveling. You just want to have the ability to listen to the show wherever you are. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton, and you can go subscribe to the podcast. I believe we're going to have nearly 20 million uh, downloads for the podcast in the month of September, which is a monster number, and that's a credit to all of you. We also love the 500 or so affiliates out there where many of you are listening all over the country, and we are joined now uh, by Congressman Mark Green, who represents the 7th District of uh, the state of Tennessee in the House of Representatives. He's the chairman of the Committee on Homeland Security. He also is my congressman. Um, I didn't even know exactly what district I was going to be in because they redistricted in the state of Tennessee. Uh, and my neighborhood is actually one congressman or the other congressman by street. So, uh, thank you for all the work you're doing, Congressman. Thank you for uh, for repping me and my family. And before we even get into uh, uh, the work that you're doing here, I know you're in the House, but when you saw that the Senate changed their clothing rules to allow John Fetterman to preside in shorts and basically a T-shirt, what was your reaction? I, I think it's a joke, Clay. And, and first, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate being on the show. And uh, I've got the best bosses in the world in the 7th District of Tennessee, you being one of them. Um, <clears throat> this this whole thing is a joke. I mean, imagine if he were to go and rep, uh, meet a foreign dignitary or I, it's so disrespectful. Um, I, 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 I can't really words. Uh, it's I'm speechless over it, but it's just an accommodation for this guy. That's all it is. Um, and I, I honestly, we should be more concerned that he can't form a full sentence. But, um, you know, the clothing thing is is laughable. Congressman Green, it's Buck. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, I know you're chairman of the hey, Committee Buck. on Homeland Security. So 
you are very much in the loop and up to speed on what's going on at our southern border. Uh, as people see these numbers, and, and really I think a lot of the videos, the photos, brings it home, just an endless stream, masses and masses of people coming across that border, 10,000 a day now, the kind of numbers that are near the all-time highs. What's going on? I mean, who who isn't getting across right now is what I always want to know. I mean, when you, you see the processing, you see what's going on. How is this not an open border? Oh, it is a uh, complete open border. It's intentional from uh, Americus and Biden. This is what they want. They want to fundamentally change the nature of our country and uh, basically empower Democrats into perpetuity. That, that's their goal. Uh, and they're willing to accept, you know, rapists, criminals, human traffickers, drug traffickers uh, coming into the country and p- potentially, you know, I, I mean, 18,000 Chinese nationals, many in the age of the military with former associations with the military just being released into the country. It's uh, it's insane. And uh, it has to be intentional. Congressman, I saw a study, and I'm curious if this would comport with the numbers and the data that you've seen. We don't talk a lot about who's making money off of getting these individuals illegally into our country. Uh, and by the way, it's the Mexican cartels. I saw that they are going to make this year more money. I think the number was $13 billion, the estimate that I saw. Uh, on illegal trafficking. This is not fentanyl. This is not drug-related. This is illegal human smuggling, getting illegals into this country. And to put that in context, that is more than the NFL is going to make this year. So smuggling people illegally into the country for the Mexican cartels is a better business than football. Does that comport with some of the numbers that you're seeing? And are... uh, I mean, is it important for everybody to understand what a big business this is for the cartels in terms of the profits they're making? Yeah, absolutely. I think people should understand that Biden's uh, open border, America's open border, is funneling. And your number, I think, is accurate. The number I saw was $14 billion for humans and $13 billion for drugs. We had crossed the nexus this year where the humans actually make them more than the drugs. Isn't that but, wild um, to even think about it, that it, human it, smuggling is more valuable now for them than drug dealing? Yeah, the price point, you know, you can re-smuggle an individual uh, and then that individual comes across and, and does crime for you on the other side to pay you back if it's not a cash deal. Um, you know, with the drug, it's a one-time thing. Uh, so that, that's, that's what they're thinking. So, Congressman, when the Biden administration says that they're on this, I mean, I've, I've seen, for example, um, recently they talk about the border and they, they bring up, uh, these refugee processing centers they're going to set up. I think they said in Colombia, Guatemala, and Costa Rica. So basically at, at different way stations or different points along the way up through, you know, from, from our South up through Mexico and into the United States are trying to stop people, they say. But as I'm looking at this, I'm just thinking to myself, why would any, first of all, you could always apply, get rejected and then just come across the border the way they have anyway. And for most people, <laughs> yeah. why, why apply at a migrant processing center when you just walk in and say you're a migrant? You know what I mean? Like this, this to me is just, it's, unserious policy that they're pushing 
Actually, what's going to happen is what they do with their CBP-1 app at those processing centers, they're just going to claim asylum, and then those people have a ticket from Guatemala or from Panama to come into the U.S. It, this isn't going to stop any. It's oh, oh it's, so it's even worse, Congress. It's worse than what I thought. Yeah. You're saying basically now yeah. they just get like a get-into-the-country free card. Exactly. This is just going to incentivize more migration. Uh, and interestingly enough, I had a conversation with the Guatemalan president about this. It, it compels Guatemala, if they cooperate, to violate Guatemala's immigration laws. So, I mean, we're not even being a good neighbor. Where does this all end? I mean, because I think you probably would agree, Congressman, that we are going to set all-time record highs. And correct me if I'm wrong and follow, follow this logic. I mean, like Buck just said, I mean, when you're telling 500,000, uh, we've been talking about during the course of the show, and you're telling 500,000 Venezuelans, hey, as long as you were here before July 31st, you can go get a job now. To me, that means millions of Venezuelans are going to start the, mar- the march if they haven't already north. They're never going to go back to Venezuela. They're going to be in this country forever. So where does this end? I mean, if we're at you know 6 million illegals so far, why would there not be an all-time record of 3 or 4 million now? Because I think, Congressman... Given the fact that we've got an election next November, what they're going to be saying is, if you want to come to America, you need to come now because we don't know who's going to win and they may shut down the border, which is going to create even more chaos. A- am I wrong? No, you're not. You're absolutely right. This is this is the, uh, an incentive, right? So pe- they've incentivized people to come, and it's just like you know China looking at Taiwan. Uh, th- that the biggest risk is right now because Joe Biden's president of the United States. The biggest incentive to come into america from wherever you are in the world and these people are coming from 160 different countries it's not just latin america and the caribbean um it's right now until next november and uh so there it it is there is some interesting movement though in the democrat camp Uh, in fact uh, my committee this week we had a hearing and um one of the democrats who was making the closing comments actually admitted that the drug cartels had control of the southern border, which is a huge movement of the needle. And you got Mayor Adams, of course, um, you know, demanding that Biden do something. Now, his solution is money sent to him, which is just more of an incentive. But at least them, uh, you know, saying this is a crisis is a huge help. And at some point, you know, Joe Biden's going to have to listen to these people um, or, or he won't be their nominee. So what happens then? I mean, Congressman, it, it seems like this issue, it couldn't be any more clear there's a massive problem at our border, right? That That is obvious to anybody who pays attention and cares to know about it. The Biden administration so far just seems to be wanting to process people. I mean, that the processing centers are setting up abroad is an even better example of it than I realized. Um, so are we just going to see... What, another two million in 2024 going into the country? Or do you think that the Biden White House is going to do something that actually stops the flow in a meaningful way, at least for the election year? Joe Biden's going to wear this around his neck for the election if he gets to be their nominee. Uh, and if he doesn't act, uh, I, the, he, he's not going to be president of the United States. Everywhere I go, this is the number one issue, and there are increasingly Democrats saying this is unsustainable. And so our our comment is just enforce the existing laws on the books. If you just enforce the existing laws on the books, that would stop 75% of it. Reinstate Trump's policies, that'll stop 90% of it. 
pass H.R. 2, the bill we passed, and that will stop all of it. That, that bill's sitting in the Senate waiting on the Senate to do something. So uh, at a minimum, he could fire Mayorkas and then, you know, say, oh, I didn't realize this was bad, uh, this bad, and, oh, you know, we'll fix it. That's a, that's a course of action. Will he go that way? Yeah, I don't know. But um, I, I certainly hope something happens. If he doesn't, we're going to – we're going to hold Mayorkas accountable and, and try to get him out of out of that seat. Congressman, last question for you. Do you think Joe Biden is actually going to run as the nominee in 2024 based on what you see, based on what all of us see? I'm sure there's constant talk about it, both Democrats and Republicans in the House, sort of behind closed doors. What's going on here? You're a doctor. Uh, you've got a, a long background. You're not a doctor like Jill Biden's a doctor. You're an actual doctor. Uh, what do you think's going on here? Is he fit to be able to be president of the United States? He is clearly not fit. Um, the performance in Vietnam, you know, just recently the, at the UN, I mean, the, the guy is, it's an embarrassment to the country and his cognitive abilities. There, there is clearly some significant cognitive decline there. Um, most probably age related. And, uh, it, it I don't, you, your question though was, do I think he stays on the ticket? And talking to the Democrats, they're getting to the point where they think it's too late to pull him. Now, if that's the case, then I guess he stays on and it, they go to their convention and they have all these super delegates. So they could, I guess, pull him at the convention. But, um, I, I can't imagine that he stays. I, I, I just, I don't know how they can justify that to the american people but but if he can't stay how does he go yeah that's 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 the question right this is what we're stuck on all the time congressman because i mean i can see the argument for why he's got to go but no one's been able to convince me of how they let that happen without disaster electorally for the democrats well if they put the right person in i mean there are harder people out there for us to run against than biden so um you know it may be, you know, and there would uh, be an advantage to them to do that and have him step down. Now, you know, they could use the Constitution. They could ask him to step down. They could replace uh, Harris first and then, you know, declare him uh, incompetent. I mean, there's there's many different possibilities of how to do it. You know, the question is, do they have the will? All right. Congressman Green, appreciate you being with us, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good day. Are you on a fixed income? You will benefit from an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. Phoenix Capital Group offers high-yield corporate bonds with returns of 9 to 13% annual interest that pays out monthly. With 2,000-plus satisfied investors paid on time every time, Phoenix Capital Group is giving investors a new high-yield option investing in domestic energy assets. Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings today at phxonair.com. Learn more by downloading this free investment guide, and you can diversify your investments and earn 9 to 13% annual interest. Download the Phoenix Group's free investment guide today, phxonair.com. Investment in bonds of a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today. The supply chain of smarts, sanity, and truth. Uninterrupted. Clay Travis. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And Buck Sexton. Welcome back, team. Uh, great to have you here with us on Play and Buck. Play, do you want to do when we come back? Because I had mentioned, I teased it, and a tease is a promise to the audience. The story they did put up about yes. about uh, Portnoy's Pizza. Yeah, we'll uh, talk, we'll talk about that when we come back. And by the way... The congressman we just had on, Buck, have you ever, I felt like a totally uninformed voter. When they redid the districts, I went to go vote in my primary in 2022, and I didn't know what congressional district I was in, because I tried to zoom in on the map, but like literally in my neighborhood, one street over, you can be on, you're in a different congressional district. I legitimately went in, we just had my congressman on, Mark Green, I legitimately went in not knowing what congressional district I was in. Only time in my life where I've been totally clueless as to like who am I voting for? What are like uh, the, anyway? That's that's crazy. And I know redistricting sometimes is wonky like that. I've never seen it happen where it's one street difference. We got some VIP emails because we have a VIP email you can sign up for at clanbuck.com and you become a VIP. Greg, love the show. Listening to the commentary about crime. Part of the solution is to have conservative criminal defense attorneys focus on trying to get misdemeanor clients pretrial intervention take classes and do community service in exchange for dismissal. That winnows the criminal defendant population to rehabilitate those who can be rehabilitated into productive, law-abiding, tax-paying individuals and those that are unlikely to be rehabilitated and need more extensive criminal justice system contact. All right, so i just say this about, you know, the, the situation. These days, um, they, they basically told us, Clay, and I remember there were a series of articles about California's three-strike laws and, there was somebody who like went to prison for 20 years because he stole a pair of socks as his third strike and every, you know, this is all about being, being reasonable and, and, and being merciful and giving people second chances when deserved, right? When, you know, there's what someone can do. There's someone made a mistake that a person can make and that we can say, okay, you know, don't do that again. That's what pretrial diversion is for. You know, don't do that again. You can't do that. You made a mistake, whatever. 
when you're arrested for the 15th time or the 50th time, as we've seen with so many of these people, or when you just decide you're going to run somebody over with your car and murder them because you think it is amusing, as we saw recently, I mean, something truly evil, you have to be taken out of society and you have to, you have to be punished. I, I, you know, this is straightforward to me. Yeah. And, and by the way, the emailer raised a good question. Remember in an adversarial system, the criminal defense attorney is supposed to be advocating to the zealous extent of the law on behalf of the accused. And again, I have done that before as a criminal defense attorney. What happens with these Soros prosecutors is you basically have two people on the same side of the equation. You don't have an adversarial system anymore. You have prosecutors who believe that the defendants are being treated unfairly and therefore do not need to be punished severely. And you have a criminal defense attorney who is arguing for the most lenient punishment possible on behalf of his his or her client. And so you actually don't end up in the same adversarial perspective. You need both sides to be pushing against each other as opposed to both sides saying, oh, let's do nothing of any consequence to this individual because we believe that the system is racist. Uh, which is a fundamental flaw. And remember, maybe the only thing Joe Biden's gotten right in his career was the 1994 crime bill, which he now has repudiated as being wrong. But the 94 crime bill was driven to a large extent by Democrats and Bill Clinton. And it, I mean, was uh, based on a universal acknowledgement that crime had gotten out of control. And guess what? It worked. And it worked really, really well. And crime plummeted. Throughout the 90s, all through the 2000s, until the BLM movement started and crime has started to surge again because people decided it's unfair to put criminals behind bars. And that is why we need a solution here, and we need it sooner rather than later. Um, i got to tell you guys all about my friends at Pure Talk. They will hook you up in a significant way with an incredible offer. My, uh, what is he now? Tenth grader. My 10th grader has got his own Pure Talk phone. We rely on it to keep him in touch with us. And he takes advantage of the new data plan they've uh, uh, put in place. Still just 20 bucks a month, but you get unlimited talk, text, now 50% more 5G data, plus a mobile hotspot, impressive value proposition. Pure Talk cell phone service is impressive, especially when you consider veteran-owned and they employ a U.S.-based customer service team. Families are saving $1,000 a year with dependable 5G networks with Pure Talk. Here's how you get hooked up. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to make the switch. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, make the switch to Pure Talk today. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I'm reading, Buck, you got a fan, Sheena. Buck, I've never met or heard anyone that hates name tags. I despise them and have for years. You, sir, are brilliant in this regard. I was not expecting that you would get anti-name tag fan mail, uh, but th- there, there you go. Sheena, all in. Sheena's a, a brilliant, astute observer of life and, and manners and understands great talent when she hears it. I mean, th- think about this. Like, we're, we're not adult. I mean, I understand name tags for four-year-olds. Like, oh, like, you know, you're Bob. I'm Sarah. Like, you know. But you're an adult. You walk up to somebody and say, hi, my name is, and you shake hands. I don't need a little helper. I don't need a little thing that says your name here. You just tell me your name if I want to know your name. And by the way, I'm probably going to forget it because everyone forgets everyone else's <laughs> name. So who cares? But that you would wear this sort of nerdy thing that says your name on it. It does remind me of the, uh, didn't they do in the office? Like they walked, they had, they had to do. 
The Office is the. I think it's the funniest. I like it's on. My wife watches The Office and Beverly Hills. It's just crazy. Like they wrote different. Did they write like name yeah. tags with different nationalities on? Yes. Uh, my wife watches The Office and Beverly Hills 90210 now. So, like, when I walk through the house, there's basically always either The Office or Beverly Hills 90210. And I hate to admit it, but I get sucked into these shows. Like, I'm busy and I'm thinking, you know, I got to do this, I got to do that. 45 minutes later, an hour later, I'm sitting down on the couch watching either of those shows because they're almost irresistible. Um, wait, wait, wait. Can I ask, Laura, I mean, I don't know if she's listening or not. She prefers 90210 to The OC because that's always a big, that's always a big fight. Well, I think, um, Laura's generation, because Laura yeah. is two years older than me, which would make her five years older than you, I think, right? So mm. the OC, by the time the OC became popular, I think we were already married. So uh, the 90210 was her high school and mm. early into college uh, jam, I think. So anyway, it's, I'm watching it. It's amazing. And I will say this on the name tag front, because it just happened this week. We've been going, you, you, you one day, Buck, will be back in this. I'm sure your parents did it. We go and we walk around the school to meet, you basically go through your kid's day to meet all the teachers. So we had seventh grade and then we had 10th grade. So we basically go through and meet all the teachers and you wear name tags. And, um, I wrote my name on it and we're sitting around, we're walking around or whatever. I'm wearing the name tag and my wife's like, you're supposed to write your son's name tag on the name tag too, not just yours. So. She was like, you're so cocky. You just presume that all you need to do is write your own. But I never had even thought about that. Like, you're supposed to now write, to your point, Buck, not only my own name, I was evidently supposed to write my son's name as well so people would know who my kid was. I didn't even think about it. Like, I, this, this name tag business, maybe I'm anti-name tag too. I'm just telling you, the more you think about it, the more you'll realize, and especially whenever, whenever I've had to go to events or something, First of all, if I'm like the, you know, not to be that guy, if I'm the keynote speaker, I'm definitely not wearing a name tag, okay? Because you're supposed to know who I am if I'm yeah. giving the speech. And if you don't, you'll find out when I'm on the stage. I like the interaction of, hi, my name is, and meeting people. So I'm just telling you, people might think that I'm being a stickler here, but name tags, no no good. Get rid of them. You don't need them. Uh, uh, so speaking of not meeting them, we teased this, and the story just came down while we were talking. So we played, was it yesterday or two days ago? Um, the Washington Post was investigating, and maybe our New York team can give us a few more details here, but my understanding is basically there is a pizza festival in Brooklyn that is taking place tomorrow. And there are, it's like a pizza taste test festival where they have all these different local pizza places in New York City, which is very well known for having great pizza. And there are all different types of pizza. And I bet a huge percentage of you out there uh, are monster pizza fans. And certainly if you live in New York City, when I was a kid, but going to New York City, one of the cool things to do was to go into the pizza shop and get a pizza, a slice of pizza, right? Like, and, and be able to experience that as a tourist. I bet a huge percentage of our listeners have done that at some point in time. And I know in Chicago, you're like, we like the deep dish. And in Detroit area, they're talking, you know, Detroit's pizza. You know what it is? Detroit style pizza is square. I didn't know this until I started uh, dating my wife, uh, whose family is all from the Michigan and Detroit area. But it's really good deep dish kind of square pizza. There's all different sorts of pot types of pizza and people can argue about them and everything else. The Washington Post buck did an entire piece on whether pizza shops should be associated with a guy who has had controversial past comments 
which are all intended to be jokes, right, that are sometimes considered to be too aggressive or unacceptable. And I read this entire piece. At two pe- First of all, these are food reporters. I don't know why you have food reporters in the first place. I mean, if you want to go review, uh, go review restaurants or whatever, that's fine. Is it controversial for pizza places to engage in a pizza festival? I just, I, I, the idea of this entire premise is crazy. Um, and they, they say, here's, a, here's a guy who is, uh, who is uh, upset. Joe Rosenthal, a Minnesota based mathematician who has positioned himself as the conscience of the food and restaurant industries. Oh, he sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who has chicks for days. Uh, Joe Rosenthal, no, the chicks just lose it when they find out that this guy's the conscience of the food and restaurant industry has been leading the charge against those involved with the pizza festival. He has posted regularly on his Instagram account with its 33,000 followers writing pizzerias, influencers, and trade publications are showing that Portnoy can continue his violent misogyny and campaigns of abuse, and they will continue to support him. He wants the public to know about past behaviors and pressure them to not participate. It's a pizza festival. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's a pizza festival. It's hard for me, Buck, to even conceptualize of a less controversial thing that could be going on than a pizza festival. It's hard for me to think of a thing that could have less of a political agenda than a pizza festival. And the Washington Post is covering this more aggressively than they are Hunter Biden's uh, illegal deal. I mean, what is going on you know, here? There's there's something that you're seeing more and more of it. Uh, it has existed for years, but it's become more uh, apparent and nastier. And it is those who work for some of the traditional corporate democrat platforms um and and we know the big ones right new york times washington post cnn msnbc uh they have a a real animosity for people that are on the outside and have built brands i mean look at the way even someone who's not right wing but who is open to other ideas like joe rogan yeah who has built such massive influence in the digital space and they go, they go after him. New York Times, Washington Post, on the COVID stuff, on a whole range of things. They say he's misogynist, he's sexist. Uh, th- there's a lot of envy and a lot of resentment in yeah. the media now. There are people that work at the New York Times, that work at the Washington Post in particular, and other similar papers, who really think that someone like a, uh, a Portnoy is a danger to society because he has influence and he's not supposed to. The editorial board at the Washington Post is supposed to. So... There's, it's personal for them at some level when they're dealing with some of these media figures. Um, you know, I'm sure you, I'm sure you felt some oh, of the sports from lot. some of the, yeah, yes. from the ESPN people, et cetera, you know, who are in that more, uh, establishment sports model mode. I don't even know what the, I only know ESPN. I'm sure there's other places and other, you know, uh, sports pages that people pay attention to. Um, but that, that's, I always think a, a part of this as well. And that's why you see, and then there's also just clay, the Marxist, politicize everything down to the last pizza crust. And and that's something else that they do here. I mean, this is like, I mean, O.J. Simpson, I'll just use him as an example. O.J. Simpson is not a very likable guy. He committed double murder. But if O.J. Simpson, like, was involved in salsa 
or O.J. Simpson had like a chili tasting contest, right? Like something that is completely not controversial. Uh, I mean, chili or salsa or whatever. It's crazy to me that you would build your entire free time like these guys are angry that there's a pizza festival going on. You want the pizza festival to not exist? I mean, right? Like, just just think, I always go to, like, the end result here. If this guy that the Washington Post is legitimizing by putting two reporters on this story and covering it and spending probably, not kidding, hundreds of hours on this several thousand word piece that they wrote about a pizza festival, what's the end result if this guy gets what he wants? There isn't a pizza festival. How is that beneficial? Like a pizza festival is something that people would enjoy and you can go and you can eat pizza and you can spend fun time. Like sometimes I think you need to go to the end result of what these people want and it is a less joyful existence, right? Like he's trying to shut down a pizza festival. If, if, If this were super political, like let's say this is a rally against illegal immigration or something, then I could see like, okay, I'm fired up about this. It's political. What this guy is trying to do is shut down something that people will enjoy right. and replace it with nothing. But as you know, whether it's pizza or sports now, the attitude of the left is everything is political. If you True. hold the wrong views, True. they will boycott your donut bakery. They yeah. don't care. If you are not part of the team, you are a target. If you oppose you know, mandatory vaccination or masking, if you don't think that men can become women, if you think that we should have... Uh, border security and immigration law should be enforced, you are de facto a target. You are not even collateral damage anymore. You are actually to be targeted if and when they have, uh, you know, the bandwidth and the, the ability to do so. And that's why I brought up something even like, you know, could I get a fair trial in New York versus a trial in Florida? Uh, you see that the, the mentality now is intentionally to make everything so political that nothing can be apolitical. And to force everyone to choose sides on everything and it, and it becomes exhausting. I mean, I would love it if there were whole areas, um, where we weren't constantly being, having politics shoved down our throats. Yeah. Sports obviously for you is the most, uh, most, oh, terrible, I've but, seen it happen everywhere. But me- yeah. But media, you know, um, movies and TV shows and everything. I-, I wish we could all just sort of take a moment, relax and say, there are things in life that we can all enjoy that aren't about who you're going to vote for. They reject that. The Washington yeah. Post rejects that. Dave Portnoy, who's not even a Republican, might I note, but he's just rogue enough from the regime line, and he's enough of a, you know, enough of a, a maverick that he bothers them. And yeah. so they even want to make his pizza fest or whatever, one bite, what is it, one bite fest or something? Uh, yeah. We, not- I'll text him and see if we can get him on next week because I'm curious how this goes on. But I, I, I'm just like, just think about this sometimes. What's the end result of what these people want? It's a less joyful, fun society, right? Because what they're trying to do, I mean, imagine getting this worked up about trying to shut down a pizza festival. That's what they want, and that's what they're trying to do, and that's the end result of so much of this cancel culture. It's ending things that people like. I mean, you can go take the step to uh, Roseanne, right? The Roseanne show is pretty funny. Roseanne is a talented comedian, and the show about the Connors and everybody else, like people enjoyed that. But because Roseanne sends out a tweet, suddenly what she creates cannot be enjoyed by people like it was before. Uh, it's just, it's. It, I think you said it well. There is everything is political, but 
it also just strips the joy out of life. And I've seen it with sports, right? I can't even go watch a game without having to worry about who some of the quarterback votes for. I'll just say real quick, because I know we got to go to a break, but I remember, and it was before he bought X, and I know, you know, Elon Musk, for some people, is a controversial, complicated. I mean, I think the guy is amazing and, and, and overall, I, I think, uh, a hugely positive force. Um, but when he just said that wokeness is effectively taken as a license to be really vicious, just to be really mean to yeah. people and feel good about it, that was a brilliant insight because it is so true. And that was honestly the thing that Elon said that stuck with me more than anything else. That is perfectly distilled. Writing a book, not easy. It takes focus and a lot of research. I just went through it. Buck's in the middle of it right now. Our friend Dutch Mendenhall also just authored a book this year titled Money Shackles. Dutch knows a thing or two about money, how to invest it. He's co-founder, CEO of Rad Diversified, a company helping thousands of Americans determine which alternative investment vehicles are right for them. And this term, money shackles, what does it mean? These shackles represent the financial hamstrings Americans have fought with for decades with a stigma attached. Go to school, get in debt, buy a car, get in debt. He believes it's the wrong thoughts and the wrong teachings. In his book, he'll give you his strategies to use debt to your advantage and tap into lucrative alternative investment vehicles to redefine your American dream. Dutch is on a mission to be at the forefront of the greatest financial change in American history. Get ready for the redefined American dream with money shackles. Learn more at therad.com. That's T-H-E-R-A-D.com. Break free from your money shackles. Visit therad.com. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I got to handle this one first. They're coming at me already. Big name tag coming at me, you know, with all that name tag money. 
They're coming at me. Uh, VIP email from Dan, and Dan, I'm just kidding. Hi, Buck. I have to wear a name tag at work. It's not for people who don't know me. It's for security. I work for a tech company, and my name tag is my electronic pass to the area where I work, um, et cetera, et cetera. Look, I, I used to work at the CIA, okay? So I know about badges, electronic passes, security. Like, I'm not talking, just, just, just for purposes of clarity here, you know, I'm not talking about like, oh, the thing that you need that like buzzes you into your building or something, or that if there's some purpose for the badge, the tag, whatever it is. We actually, even at, at iHeart, I have a, a little badge. I mean, I don't wear it all the time. We have badges to get in and out of buildings. Um, I'm talking about when you go to an, like a cocktail party and there's pieces of paper and everyone has to write and I have to write, my name is Buck and write it on the thing and just put it on and walk around. That's the name tag that I oppose. If your name tag has like, level seven encryption and is necessary for you to get into, you know, the special facility where you're building the hypersonic missiles. That's cool. I get You're talking about disposable name tags. Yes. The paper name tags you put on at events, cocktail parties, whatever. I think those are ridiculous. So, uh, other, this is a good email too. I tried to call into the show, couldn't get through. I'm a UPS driver. I was saying that, uh, UPS, like maybe you don't want to wear brown, but UPS drivers all wear the same uniform. And Brandon writes, UPS pays me to look nice and represent them, just like how we, the taxpayers, pay the salaries of our representatives to look nice and represent us. Big fan of the show. I rock to you guys every day on my route. Anyway, you can get this on the air. Please, Brandon, UPS driver, thank you for listening. And I think that's really well said. Like, yeah, yes, we are the taxpayers who, particularly people in Pennsylvania, are paying John Fetterman to represent them. Is he representing them in an upstanding way by showing up in shorts and a T-shirt on the Senate floor? I don't think he is. I, I think that's a disgrace, frankly. I agree. And I like to see Clay all of a sudden turning into the dean of my high school. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm sorry. I do feel I'm like sorry, such an sir. old man. Is there not supposed to be a collared shirt on in these hallowed hallways? You know, Clay is ready to give Fetterman detention. And that's what we like to see. I, all of a sudden. Uh, the guy I, I who do. wears flip-flops more than any other human being I know, by the way, Clay Travis, wants Fetterman dressing nice. I mean, if I were a senator, I would be willing to wear a jacket and a tie and pants on the Senate floor. That doesn't seem extraordinary. Just like if I go to a wedding or I go to uh, a funeral or I go to any other place where you dress to show respect for the event that you are attending. Basic human decency. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.